0: Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPenn.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 44, ahead of USC Vegas 31. We got a good lineup for you. First up, we're joined by one half of the main event, Tiago Moises, to preview his fight against Islam Magachev. Just should be noted, we did this interview before he's supposed to be the main event, so no questions around being the main event, going five rounds, just because we did this literally about three, four days before Holly pulled out and he got promoted to the main event. But this is obviously a big fight for Moises. He knows not a lot of people want to fight Islam. He jumped at the chance, and he's really excited for this matchup. He thinks he can be the guy to kind of derail the hype of Mokachev, get a stoppage win, and start build, working his way up and through that top 10 in the lightweight division. Next, we're going to be joined by Max Griffin, who just fought on Saturday night. Uh, really grateful for Max. Always makes time for me. But got it done on uh, Monday night just before I was about to publish the show or just about as package the show, but uh, we just talked about his win over Carlos Condit being in Vegas for that week, fighting on the McGregor card and kind of what's next for him. Max obviously wants a, a little bit break go on a vacation. Obviously he had a kid uh, earlier this year. He's fought three times since November. So he's looking for a little bit of a break, probably fighting near the end of the year. And he's, hoping to put him on pay per put him on a main card, maybe even a main event against one of these top 10, top 15 guys in the welterweight division. He thinks this win kind of propels his name a lot. Three-fight winning streak, just being Carlos Connie. he thinks he deserves a big name or a top 15 guy if he doesn't get a big name. But he actually mentioned that big name was Robbie Lawler. He was planning on calling out Robbie Lawler. He had a call out for Lawler up until Lawler obviously gets booked against Nick Diaz, But that fight is just targeted, not signed yet. So perhaps that ends up being Max and Robbie Lawler. But really good shout Max as always. We're next going to be joined by Billy Correntillo. To preview his short notice fight against Gabriel Benitez, Billy was always supposed to be on this card. He was supposed to fight Herbert Burns. Herbert Burns pulls out with about a month to go and steps in Gabriel Benitez, who's fresh off a TKO win over Justin James uh, last December, first round stoppage, really good win. Before that, lost to Morales, lost to Sadiq Yusuf. He's kind of been up and down in the UFC. He's only really lost to really high level guys: Andre feely Sadiq Yusuf, omarales other than Enrique Barzola. But uh, this is a big fight for. Uh, Billy the quarantine coming off his first uh, career loss in the UFC uh, losing a decision to Gavin Tucker prior to that, a three-fight winning streak in the UFC. He started his UFC run 3-0, beat Kyle Nelson, beat Spike Carlisle, beat Chip Kilburn after after beating Camilla Kirk on the contender series to get the contract. He's kind of been through the road, been on uh, the ultimate fighter, went on a contender series, but we talk about his fight, kind of the importance and what a win does from the featherweight Division. We also talk about his teammate, Matt Favola, who had just had a series of bad luck, seven second knockout loss, at, uh, fighting short notice plays in Terrence McKinney after everything kind of happened to him. But really good chat with Billy. And then we close things out talking to Miles Johns to preview his fight against Anderson Dos Santos. Miles, obviously, fighting since first first time since September. He's kind of a bit surprised. They never got him booked quickly. He's coming off that highlight reel, knock it over Kevin Dad on a Halloween night, got him back in the win column him after losing Mario Bautista. Dos Santos uh, submitted Martin Day in November, snapped a two-fight uh, losing streak. So this is a big fight for the division. Miles knows he has to get past Anderson and has to do so, likely by stoppage to start working his way back up and try to get into the top 15. But really good chat with Miles as always. But hope you all enjoy the show. Be sure to share the show, subscribe, and thank you all for listening. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Tiago Moises, who's got a big fight coming up here. Tiago, how's it going?
1: I'm doing great, man. How about you?
0: I'm doing well, obviously, fighting Islam Makhachev, like Habib's kind of pupil, who he's kind of talked about. Were you surprised this is who you're fighting next?
1: Yes, actually, when I got the call, you know, uh, to fight Islam, I was very surprised, you know. Uh, I was studying the names that, uh, that I could fight next. But I didn't, I didn't imagine that the UFC was going to offer me Islam because I thought Isla was going to fight someone like uh, closer to the top five, you know, to get a title shot. But I got really happy with, uh, with the fight and then I accepted the fight right away. You know, I know a lot of guys didn't want to fight him. A lot of guys are running away from him. And uh, I was very excited and very happy with this
0: opportunity he's obviously a guy that's been hyped up. You kind of mentioned it. a lot of people don't want to fight him. Like, do you think it's because he doesn't have the biggest name and he's so dangerous is why people don't want to fight him? Um, I think people don't want to
1: fight him because of his, uh, I think they are afraid of his rapping, you know, his wrestling. And uh, I think they are just afraid of that, you know, and, and, uh, and he's not a like very, I think he's a big name. I think he's a big name. I think I just, think people are afraid of his, uh, his grappling, you know.
0: Obviously, he is a wrestler, but you're kind of known for your jiu-jitsu. Do you think you're kind of off your back is kind of where you could put him in some dangerous positions?
1: Yes, I think uh, my game matches match well against his game because uh, I'm a good grappler as well, you know. And uh, I fight well against my uh, with my back on the mat, you know, from my back, uh, as you guys could see on... Um, My fight against Michael Johnson, uh, I got a helicopter armbar, you know, I have a lot of submissions from my back. This can, like, open up spaces, you know, uh, for a submission and, uh, yeah, for scrambles. And, yeah, I I think our our style match match
0: really well. Your striking is very underrated. Like, you had a lot of good moments in that Bobby Green and Hernandez fight. Like, do you think people overlook your striking quite a bit?
1: Uh, yeah, I think people just, they, they thought that it was, uh, just a grappler, you know, they thought this guy, if he wants to beat, uh, Bob Green, he needs to submit Bob Green. If he, this guy wants to beat Hernandez, he needs to take the fight to the ground. You know, I just showed on that fight that I'm a complete fighter as well. You know,
0: you obviously come from a good camp at ATT, like and I, I know Poirier's guy you work with, he's obviously coming up for a fight the week before. He's like, how important has that been where you're in camp with him you guys are kind of going for around that same date?
1: You know, that's uh, very good. And, you know, uh, a lot of guys, they, they at ATT, you know, uh, have uh, big fights coming up, you know, so everybody in a great energy, you know, great atmosphere at the gym, you know, everybody training hard, everybody pushing to others. So, so it's great, you know, uh, Surrounded by uh, great minded people.
0: Well, what's kind of the energy at ATT like right now? Because you obviously had Poirier's big win. You had Marais uh, knockout Demetrius Johnson. Like you guys are picking up a lot of big wins right now.
1: Yeah, I think just uh, hard work, you know, uh, and uh, very good teammates, you know, always helping each other during training, always getting better. You know. We're always uh, picking new, new tools from each other because. Everybody has a different game, so we can add up a lot, a lot of tools, you know, for our, uh, for each other's game. So, if I go like Pedro Munoz, he can like uh, help me with my guillotine. Adrien Morais can help me with my jiu-jitsu. You know, have a great wrestlers. Uh, so every every day we on the mat, we are learning same th- something. I think that's the that's why we we have a lot of success.
0: Do you think Islam is probably the most skilled guy you have fought, or do you think that still goes to Benil? Uh,
1: I think they they are pretty close, you know, but I, I think Benil, uh, it's more dangerous on the feet and uh, has better jiu-jitsu than Islam. But uh, Islam has better wrestling than, than Benil, you know. So I think they they, they both they they the us the and uh yeah, I think they are pretty close, but I think Beniu is the most dangerous guy.
0: Do you think Islam's gonna want to try to strike with you just because of how dangerous you are on the ground, or do you think he's just gonna try to take you down like he does to most his opponents? I th- I think
1: he's gonna try to do the same thing he does like you know, on all his fights. You know, he's gonna try to take. He's gonna try to be striking for maybe for a while, you know, then uh, make me forget about the takedowns. Then he's gonna try to do the takedowns. That's what I think he's he's uh he's trying he will try to do it, you know
0: with you though like are you not even comfortable like are you comfortable even if he does take you down because it seems when P- islam takes people down they're in such a hurry to get back up but with you like you could end the fight off your back where i don't know if you'd want to be like scrambling and all that because you might be better on the ground than him
1: yeah of course i uh, i don't want to be on bottom you know it's not very good to be on bottom yeah. and they may especially punches you know and uh Especially the guy like Slam, you know, he's he has really good control, you know, he can control you, but uh I have the skills and uh, I have what he got, you know, to, to fight from my back. So I think that's what makes me a, a dangerous fight for for him. How do you see yourself getting the win? I, mean, I see my I see myself uh winning this fight by by stoppage, you know, or either a TKO or a submission.
0: Do you think the guillotine is a very likely one where maybe you could catch his neck on the inside? Because he's going to shoot pretty often. Uh, I, yeah,
1: maybe that's that, that can happen. Also, you know, uh, I saw a couple of his fights, you know, he he trusts a lot on his neck, you know. He gives his neck to get the takedown. That, that can be dangerous. But uh, you don't want to also, you know, get a try a guillotine and... and end up on, on the bottom, you know, for four or five minutes. You know, that's not a smart move. Well,
0: what do you think a win over Islam does for your career? Because you have, like, guys like Habib and Daniel Cormier talking about, oh, this guy's the best lightweight. He's a future champion. A lot of people don't want to fight him. He's ranked in the top 10. Like, like this would be a big win for you.
1: Yeah. After after uh, I beat Islam, I uh, I will be close to the top. The- to the title you know I think I'm gonna be right in the mix for, for a title fight you know a couple more
0: more wins you know and uh I'll be fighting for the title I think you're a guy like I didn't even realize how young you were like you were only 26 like do you still think you're not even reaching your like full potential in MMA yeah,
1: yes for sure I think like I'm, I'm getting better every day you know I'm getting stronger every day after every fight I'm getting better so I think like five years from now, six years from now, you know, uh, I'm gonna be much better than I am today, you know.
0: How much have you talked to Poirier about his fight with Habib? Just because it's very similar styles with Habib and Islam. Yeah, they have similar
1: styles and uh, yeah I talked with, with Justin you know about uh, about this you know I, I picked some some things that he he did on his uh, his camp to fight Kabib. And uh, yeah, just uh, exchanging, you know, uh, knowledge and helping each other.
0: Uh, you're a guy that likes to be active. So everything goes your way here. Like, are you hoping for at least one more fight this year?
1: Yes. That's my plan. You know, uh, my plans win this fight and then uh, one more fight this year. So two more fights this year.
0: Would you have a name in mind because it win over Islam, like you would get a lot of hype and I think you could really call your shot.
1: Yeah, uh, I am very, uh, so I'm very fo- focused on Islam right now. I'm not thinking about uh, anyone else, you know. Islam is a uh, pretty big name, so i just focus on this guy right now. You know, all my energy is focused on him. But uh, after uh, I beat him, I think, like, I should be doing, like, main event, you know, some with, with some big name, you know.
0: Obviously, Islam has a lot of skill, but do you kind of think he is a bit like overhyped just with everyone calling him like his future champion and that Habib relationship that that's what kind of makes people too not want to fight him? Uh,
1: Not really. You know, I I think he's a really good fighter, you know, really good grappler, but uh, he has a lot of hype behind him. So, yeah, we will see on July 17th.
0: Fighting in front of no fans, like what's that going to be like? You've done it before, but like, are you a bit disappointed you're not on one of these pay-per-view cards in front of fans?
1: You know, uh, I am happy uh, with whatever UFC offers me. You know, fighting for the fans is awesome. Also, I was on UFC uh, here in Jacksonville. Uh, was amazing. You know, I, I wish we could have fans there because you know the atmosphere, the energy. You know, it's amazing. You know, I can't, I can't wait to fight with fans you know so but uh this is this is like sparring you know so there's no people cheering and uh yeah both both is good
0: you're fighting in the smaller octagon how do you think that's going to impact the fight because it it just makes you guys fight a lot closer and and it's less room and like islam will obviously like that probably a bit better
1: yeah the cage is more you know uh I, f- I felt that my last, last fights, you know, uh, I thought the cage was smaller than uh, than I would like to, but uh, it it is what it is, you know. Uh, the fight is, uh, is the same with a small cage or a bigger cage. I don't think that makes any difference. Uh,
0: just last thing, like I've watched a bunch of your interviews and you always are trying to improve your English. Is that something that you realize like that's gonna help you out a lot in the UFC is if you can like become a bigger star?
1: Yes, for sure. You know, uh, we have to speak like in, uh, we need to speak good English. You know, so we can market ourselves. You know, so we have to can uh, push ourselves better. You know, because uh, UFC is such a big market. You know, like uh, so many countries. Yeah, uh, we just we need to to fight. You know, win fights. But uh, we need to speak English. Also, it's very important.
0: How have you learned it? Do you have like a teacher? or Do you just like watch TV and whatnot? You know, uh.
1: I moved to the U.S. when I was uh, 17, so uh, nine years ago. And I, I used to live just with the Americans, you know. Uh, fighter, I, uh, I used to live in a fighter's house at uh, from ATT, so that's what I, that's how I learned it. I used I to live not- in, I had like a uh, couple Americans that were my roommates, you know. So uh, some of them like UFC fighters now, like Kobe, Mirsad Becht, you know, they were my teammates. And then that's how that's how I learned English.
0: All right, well Tiago, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: All right, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Man. How are you yeah.
0: All right, we're joined by UFC welterweight Max Griffin, who face doesn't even look like he got into a fight on Saturday. Max, how's it going?
2: I'm good, bro. How are
0: you? I'm doing well. Obviously, not as bruised as a past as a few other fights been, and so. But I just want to start like fighting Carlos Conda like we talked before. Like this is a guy you looked up to. Now that the fight's over, like, it, what was that kind of experience like getting to share the octagon with him?
2: Man, it was so amazing, like, being in there, and when he first both walked out, and we were about to scrap, he's looking at me, mugging, I'm looking at him, he's like, fuck yeah, you know, it was, a uh, fighting a real soldier, fighting a real, um, a real vet, a legend, bro, fighting a guy that, like, I didn't know how, how much of a fanboy I was till after the fight, you know? Um, I actually ended up going to his room. We hit a Brandon Gibson, six-gun, and said, hey, man, can we get a picture with a man? So I went backstage, or not backstage, but to his hotel room, met his son, really nice. And um just being in there was Carlos Condé. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Carlos Condé right here. Like, I'm such a fan, bro. And, dude, looking back, he, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Him was, like, Thiago Alves. Like, the guys at the waterways that bash. Always. Yeah. So, um, I ended up having him sign my gloves. We ended up um, trading jerseys. I signed my jersey, gave it to him, he gave me his. Um, what a moment, man. It was a great night.
0: Did anything he did surprise you in there?
2: No. He could take a better punch than I thought he'd be able to take. Um, I heard him a few times and him with some good stuff, but um, he's so he's so good. He's so resilient and uh, –
0: I don't know if you know this, but you became the first person since Robbie Lawler to knock down Carlos Gonda. Like That's how durable he's in. And that Lawler fight was like years ago.
2: So nice. I didn't know that stat. I didn't know that stat. Um, the stat that I did hear, though, they said I'm the only other person. i strike him other than George St. Pierre. That's the stat I heard. So, that was pretty cool. But the first knockdown since Roller, huh? I'll take it. Yeah, and
0: he's had had a bunch of fights since Roller. It's not like it's only been like two or three. There's been – he might be like seven to eight since then. But with the win over Condon, like, he's a massive name. Like, where do you think that puts you in the division?
2: Man, I want to fight these guys, bro. And I've been telling people. and I'm coming. I'm ready. Um, Honestly, no, like, I want the title, bro. Like, once, I'm, once I get a number by my name, I mean, I fight everyone ahead of me. Like, I haven't turned down a fight yet, and I want to fight everybody. You know, whoever I need to fight, and that's why I fight wrestler, jiu jitsu, boxer. Like, I fought them all. I fought all kinds of guys. So, um, we'll get a plan and beat them. Like, like with Carlos, I didn't watch one second of the tape, you know? Um, my team did that, and, um, Dude, with my team, we can beat everyone. Like, different game plans for different guys and different strategies at different times. Like, I'm here, bro. I'm
0: here. Uh, dog. Something I did want to ask you about is when it went to the scorecards, like, how confident were you? You've been on the run. All road the way. Season, I told totally you I wanted to fight. Oh, dude. Yeah. No
2: doubt. Not, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Had him hurt in the first. Um, could have been a 10-8. And the second, you know, he brought it, he brought everything he had. I knew he would have come out the second. I haven't even got to rewatch the fight, but, um, remember in the second round, he tried to give me everything he has, you know, and I took it, and, um, pretty even on the score on that one. But, um, I still think I won that round. And then, on the third round, I dominated him and get a good takedown. I stuffed all his takedowns. I have, I was one for one on takedowns. I thought 100, so they're gonna add that to my score. I'm already this that I'm, I, am i am the fourth highest um, takedown percentage as active weight So the 100 should add a little bit more, a little more to those stats.
0: Uh, was the game plan to grappling? Because for me, I thought you would go develop- out. We try to wrestle him kind of early. If, if you look kind of at Condit's law all of his fights, it's just getting out wrestling. I thought you were going to be the better wrestler than him.
2: Yeah, I mean, the game it wasn't just wrestling. I wanted to knock him. Out. Um, <laughs> I wanted to strike with him. I mean, the pain was wrestling if he were there. If, if 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 you know if if it was there, I wasn't trying to force wrestling. But anytime he got in a little exchange on the ground or a little grappling exchange, I felt good. He was real like real, like, squirrely. If that makes sense? Real, but it was no kind of danger, you know. When I did get a takedown, I had him, you know, I think North South busting up for a little bit. But he's squirrely, you know. Um, but the plan wasn't just to take him down. But if we were close and we were on him, then yeah. But um, I feel like the cap kicks and shit were successful. The first round, I kept, I kept the cap kick the shit out of him. And that that slowed him down. His punches pop. Um then we just really went to work from there. I was faster than him. So kind of stick around, just kind of move around this and, you know, pick my shots. And then third round, we turned it up. Oh, um, uh, well, it's great.
0: When's the ideal time frame for you to return?
2: I honestly want to go on, like, a vacation Yep. to keep it real. Like, I've been so busy. I don't think I fought, like, this much. Um, I mean, we can, I'm sure we could do the time, but. It was November, March, and July. This back, to I me. Mean, to me, that's a lot. Um, I mean, it's not like Kevin Holland fighting six times in a year, but, um, you know, I think that was three times in a year if you do August, July.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's no like month. what, three times in like seven, eight months, something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot for me. But yeah, man, I've seen a vacation since the baby. We haven't really had the time to slow down or fucking. I just been training, you know, training, training, training. So, but I'm ready to go, man. Um, I'm thinking later in the year. You know, my body, dude. My legs and my arms are so sore. Like I kicked him so many times, bro, and my legs are like pipes <laughs> like, My ankles, bro. My ankles, my shins. I felt like fluid in them. Um, I've been do- putting my Normatec on. I just left cryotherapy. I- just like get me going. So I got like a massage of my legs. I got body work. Like now I'm going to see my chiropractor. Like I need to put this body back together, brother. Um, but later in the year, I'm totally down. Is there an
0: is there a name in mind or is it just someone in that top fifteen?
2: Yeah, not anymore. There was. I mean, Robbie Lawler. I wanted to fight him, what? but then I saw that they took Nate Nick to give Nate uh, Nick Diaz that fight. So that's really what I was going to do, but. It's all good. You know, not want to fight Cerrone, but he's 55. So I don't know, man. Uh, this, this, once I get a numbered guy, then it's a wrap. I'm literally going to beat all of them in a row. So we'll see what happens, bro.
0: For you, like, what was Fight Week like for you? Being on a, this massive McGregor car, but the fight right before the pay per view, like, so many eyes on you in the fight.
2: Honestly, um this morning the morning was hard for me, bro. Um I woke up like crying like a baby, like uh, snot nose, like out of like out of my sleep, bro, in the morning on fight day. Um, you know, I had a dream how I was like so thankful for everything and I was like, like in my dream I was at my own job and it like a thousand people like, man, we got your support, we got your back, all these kids that I knew, like you know, I was like overwhelmed with like gratitude, bro, and I'm, like, crying in my dream, like, And I wake up, and I'm crying, I can't stop. I'm, like, feeling like a little bitch, you know. But, uh, it's funny, the last time I cried like that was 10 years ago when I fought this guy, Jamie Hara. He's a legend out here. He's in Bellator. He's, like, a five-time, five different weight class, Gladiator Challenge champion out here, like, one of my Jiu-Jitsu coaches. Um, But back then, he was 38 and 10. And I fought him when I was 3 and 0. Uh, that was that was West Coast Fighting Championship 1. I was like, uh, they had to talk to the commission and, like, beg the commission to let him fight me because I only had three fights. I ended up knocking him out in, like, 45 seconds, you know? And that was the last time I, and that fight, like, blew me up to, like, my, you know, my local pro days. So it was the same kind of thing, man, where I fought a legend later that night, but on the biggest stage, like, Ever, I guess that that gate or all you know, all the stuff. Um, that was the second biggest pay per view ever. Yeah. That's what this canal behind Habib, um, Connor. Um, so many eyes. Nevada, or Dennis said that Nevada, that's with the governor. There hasn't been that busy of a weekend in 100 years. They had Garth Brooks sold out uh, with 80,000 in the stadium right next door. They had Justin Bieber, they had Chappelle, they had. Everything was sold out. Um, the UFC, obviously, in seconds. Um, it was so crazy out there. So, to be part of that, with the energy, and man, Yuckmouth and the Loonies made me my own personal walkout song that I used out there. It's on Spotify. Check it out. Uh, Max Payne, yeah, by Yuckmouth and the Loonies. But yeah, check it out on Spotify, you guys. It was like, so crazy, bro. It was insane. It was bananas. A whole bananas are, night, bananas are opportunity.
0: Just two more things, like, after experiencing that, like, are you going to only ask me on pay per views? It's hard to go back to the Apex. To <laughs> after that.
2: I know. We'll see. What I, You know what? I think they're going to have me with fans, bro. I think yeah. they're going to um, – like, I want to do a five-round fight. You know what I mean? I want to fucking – let me get a main card spot. Let me get a main event. Man, let me fight five rounds. You know, I want to fight. Okay, it's coming, bro. It's going to come. It's going to come.
0: Uh, and you obviously traded jerseys with Condit. Like, what did you guys say to each other after the fight? Because Condit is, like, one of the nicest guys for how, like, vicious he is in the octagon. Like, he's one of the nicest guys in this sport.
2: Yeah. You know, he's in much respect. He said, I'm really good, you know. Um you know, good plan. Much respect, man. It was a war with the with the legend. So it was just an honor, like I said, I didn't know how, how much of a fan I was until after I beat him and was in his room. I'm like, no way I'm fucking standing here and talking to Carlos Conner right now. You know? That that that's what it like hit me, like and I really turned all that off. Like all of it. Like every
1: every every, fucking
2: hair of that you know what i mean and i'm glad i did shit or it could have been different <laughs> you know i'm glad i did
0: well just last night i had a bunch of my friends over to watch the card and their biggest takeaways were tui boss doing the shooies o'malley and yourself like they were a bunch of other just casual friends and they didn't even know who you were and they were like they were like this guy's good like he's just beating the brakes off of this guy is that what they were thought about you Nice. Hey, fuck yeah all right but max man i appreciate the time as always thanks so much for doing this all right we're joined by ufc feathery billy q is back in action here july 17th billy man how's it going
3: oh i'm doing great man thank you for having me once again
0: yeah no problem obviously you're supposed to fight herbert burns that was obviously a, i thought that was a really good fight at big names because he's gilbert burns brother like mm-hmm. when he when he when he pulled out like how disappointing was that for you
3: uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it is what it is, you know, as uh, Dustin Porter, Max Holloway, and Dustin Porter have said, uh, it, I'm, I'm happy that they gave me a long time. You know, it wasn't like last minute. I see some guys that, you know, just can't catch a break. My boy, Matt Fervola. you know, he's had five opponents changed five fight weeks in a row. So, um, it is what it is. I was excited for Herbert Burns too. He's a, he's a big name. I've, I've seen him obviously a few times fight and uh but now it's just uh it is what it is you know we're in the ufc whoever they want me to fight especially with with you know over a month out uh you know wasn't a big deal so it's time to move on to uh gabriel benitez yeah
0: you mentioned matt like he's just had a ton of bad luck lately. so like uh, on the flip side like how much better is it that you have over a month so you could still kind of get a full not a full train yet but you still get several weeks to work on benitez
3: yeah, absolutely. You know, we were uh, obviously focusing on Burns Jiu-Jitsu. I was doing, you know, hard, hard Jiu-Jitsu rounds every single day, which uh, I think we're going to continue to do that anyway. So, but it's just, uh, you know, going from like a right-handed fighter to a left-handed fighter, uh, someone who likes to grapple to someone who likes to strike. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they gave me a month because there's a lot of little details that uh, Benitez does really well, just differently than how Herbert Burns fights. So, yeah, having a month, and uh, I think uh, we specialize in, you know, you give me enough time to to dial it in against someone that's usually when we do our best.
0: With Benitez, like how much do you know about him? He's been in the UFC for quite a while, I've fought a lot of tough guys like Felix, mm-hmm. like Yusuf, like Jason Knight, like a lot of well-known
3: guys. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what I noticed right away. That he's been in the UFC since 2014. Uh, we're the same age, we, you know. I think he's a few months older than me, but yeah, his his UFC experience uh, can't be overlooked. He's you know he's fought high level guys, and uh, you know I, I'm just looking at it like that's the guy you got to beat. You know, you want to be uh, you know a top UFC guy, you got to get you got to get through Mowgli.
0: Your last fight, what you kind of take away from that one losing to Gavin Tucker?
3: Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of things, you know, uh, I felt like, you know, I was on a nine fight winning streak going into that and you know, when you're winning, it seems like you're doing everything right. Even though, even though we, you know, we were consistently working on new stuff. I just felt like, uh, you know, I, I felt like the training camp went really, really well. And then after the fight, I was like, oh man, like maybe you should have done this instead of that. Maybe you should have done this instead of that. So I think, uh, since I've had this long break away from it, I've had a lot of time to, really work on what i needed to work on and get better at the things i'm I'm good at already so i think that you're, you know you're gonna see a whole new fighter there's no film on this billy q that's coming into the cage july 17th
0: how weird is it for you like this is your fifth ufc fight and four of them have been in front of no one like other than your debut like you've been going in front of no one. like everyone pictures the ufc walking out in front of sold out crowds and stuff and and four of your five have been in front of no one
3: I know. Yeah, man. Thanks for the reminder. It's something that I uh, I was, uh, you know, after the last fight, you know, we got on the pay-per-view, which I wanted to last time, but it was a pay-per-view with no fans. So I, I really wasn't in a position to demand anything. Um, I was hoping that we got a fight with fans. Uh, so I'm just looking at this fight as, you know, go out there, beat this guy. If you can go out there and beat Benitez, which I'm, I'm obviously planning on doing, Uh, that'll be like the reward for beating a high-level fighter will be, listen, like we'll fight anyone next, but let's just please make sure it's in fans because, you know, I was in Arizona this past weekend and, you know, like when Nate Diaz came out, like that's the stuff that I dreamed about as a kid. You know, like Nate Diaz comes out and the whole crowd went nuts. And like it looked, it was like a concert. You know, he's a rock star. So yeah, it's been, uh, it is what it is. I, obviously, when I dreamed of getting in the UFC, it, it was with fans and, you know, people going crazy and, you know, celebrating with everyone after. But, you know, go, go out there and beat this guy. And I, I, get, I can almost guarantee they'd give me a fight with fans next.
0: How do you see this fight playing out? Because, Benitez is a tough guy to finish. Like only a few guys have finished him, like Feely, Youssef. Like he went the distance. Omar Morales is a tough guy. Like how do you mm-hmm. see this one playing out?
3: Yeah, you know he's uh, he's very hard to put away. So am I. So I'm definitely making sure my cardio is on point, my conditioning's on point. It's not a fight where where I've had it before. It's not a fight I can just go out there and try to wear him down. You know I can't just try to like try to break his conditioning, which I've been able to do against a lot of opponents. Uh, so I just got to be the better fighter. I got to be better striker. Uh, if I want to wrestle, I got to mix in the takedown smart. If he wants to wrestle, I got to make sure that we don't end up in a position where he can beat me. He's obviously got good, good chokes. I got to avoid that. And, uh, I, I just think my, my higher fighter IQ and my perseverance is going to be what it takes, you know, being at a hundred percent, I got to go out there and have a good weight cut and just do everything I could do to get this fight, uh, where I want it to go and, and get the finish.
0: What do you think a win over uh, Benitez does you? Especially if you go out there and finish him, because the guys that have gone to finish him are guys like Feely and you or, or Yusuf, who's a top mm-hmm. fifteen guy.
3: Yeah, you know it's uh, I think I got a little caught up in like the you know I'm gonna beat I'm gonna beat Gavin Tucker and then I'm gonna be top fifteen and this and that. It's it's almost like I almost want to just forget about the rankings right now and just fight like fight like my life depends on it you know like it, there's nothing after this anyway so go out there and and beat this guy and we'll see where the chips fall after uh, but I don't want to overlook him so I'm not even like thinking about I don't even care where they rank me after I just know going out there getting that you know performance bonus you know performance of the night whether it's a knockout submission fight of the night anything that anything that I have to do to get my hand raised is, is what I'm willing to do on July 17th
0: you're a guy that you like to be active, like three impressive because a lot of people were lucky to win or two. And, but uh, mm-hmm. your first fights coming in the middle of July, like, was this kind of open to be uh return sooner than this?
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, losing actually was a part of, you know, a reason why I had to take a little bit of time off. I also got a uh, LASIK eye surgery. I got my eyes fixed and that's been a nightmare throughout my career, whether I'm fighting with no contacts or, you know, it's happened several times where I'd get one contact knocked out and then I could barely see, you know, with, which, with being a a fighter, it's probably the the worst sense to lose. So I was able to get, get my eye surgery. I got married in in March, shout out to my wife, Brianna. Um, Those are some big things that I, I wanted to do. I had to do that, you you know, that will help me further my career anyway. So I'm super excited to have that, that rest off to really time to, to get better. And, you know, I'm hoping to fight in July and then I'm hoping to fight at least one more time after that, Um uh, plan going on my honeymoon after this fight. So I'm going to celebrate a little bit. And then I definitely want to stay active and hopefully get a big sold out fight uh, towards the end of the year.
0: So hopefully you can get a bonus then to help pay for the honeymoon.
3: Yeah, of course, man. Bonuses are never a bad thing. So I'm, you know, and that's, that's always been my fight style. I'm always trying to make an exciting fight. You know, what's the point of, what's the point of fighting and winning if you know the crowd's bored and they don't want to watch you fight again i've always been uh an entertainer mentality first like i want i want people to like win lose or draw they you know billy q's got to be a fighter that they want to see so that's always been uh what i try to do when i go out there
0: where are you doing your camp because i know you do a lot with frivol i know you do a lot with in florida like are you staying in florida for the rest now
3: no, I'm actually. Uh, great question, by the way, man. I know you're keeping up on me. Um, I'm, I'm. I've been in Tampa these past couple months. Uh, tomorrow, I'm actually going to Buffalo, my, where I grew up. I'm going to do uh, a seminar there, so I'm going to teach a seminar. I'm going to get some training with those guys. I, I've worked with a bunch of those guys in Buffalo, and then I'm going to Long Island for the week to get in with, uh, you know, the the. Uh, Ray Longo, Matt Camp, you know, Frivola, my boy, uh, he's got a bunch of guys there. I've I've met all, you know, most of the guys there. It's just a really good training camp. I feel like I'm at home when I'm there. So I'm going to get a weekend with them, get some different looks, and then come back and finish my training camp here in Tampa.
0: Frivola's fight, like how disappointing was that? Just because that guy cannot catch a break. I've talked to him before, like all his fights, and I swear, Mm. I talked to him. Then it's like three days later, it goes, oh, you text me, oh, new opponent now. It's yeah like he always gets new opponents they just can't catch a break right now
3: yeah man it's just been uh it, it's that it's tough position being i know people were like oh man you know like it, it sucks for farola we obviously we signed up for this we know that that could happen in any fight you know anytime we step in that ring you could catch one punch early and and, and take you out so it's just really unfortunate how it happened especially because i really like that matchup he had with uh frank camacho he's like a right-handed striker he's used to that like he nothing really could have surprised us. Getting a uh, Terrence the last minute. Terrence coming off a knockout win, uh, being able to make the weight and and being ready to go. Uh, I was a little worried about the fight, but I thought you know if Matt could weather the storm early on, I think he would have taken him out. But man, you hesitate. He made one little mistake, and and th- it all it takes in this this sport. And that's why you know when you win, it's such a big deal. You know people freak out when they win a fight because. This kind of stuff could happen. You know, you could get knocked out right away. You could get, you know, look at Jamal Hill, got his arm snapped, uh, you know, a fight that, you know, he probably could have won two on the feet. So it's just, uh, it's really upsetting, but he's going to bounce back. And and when he does come back and beats on somebody, we will celebrate, you know, because it is a big deal when you get wins at this level.
0: Yeah, and his is like twenty twenty one is a terrible. Like he's supposed to fight Ottman oh, as atar which was a big fight. Mm-hmm. Day of the fight, it, it switches. Like it, it's not even like you, where you get a couple weeks. Like he is yeah. like a day or two for the fights. His opponents are switching.
3: I know, man. It's it's nuts, man. It's, and it's something that we've dealt with. That you know, as amateur fighters, it happens a lot more often because people aren't getting paid, so they'll back out. And then at the pro level, it happens all the time because it's you know a little bit of money on the line. At the UFC, I never would have thought in thought like that would happen to someone over and over and over again it's just really unfortunate luck and uh i think it's going to swing back and and you know hopefully he can go on a three four fight win streak and get his momentum back
0: just last thing i asked matt about this too i was uh i'm a friend's host who just having a couple drinks we turned on rough and rowdy and you're out there cornering <laughs> what was your experience like cornering out there
3: oh man yeah you know it was a super fun. Super uh, fun thing to do with Rough and Rowdy. Shout out to Robbie Barstool, uh, Octagon Bob. We've been I've been working, you know, talking to him, doing interviews for a couple of years now, uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun, man. You know, I, I didn't take the fight too seriously. I felt like Favola's brother had it in the bag, and uh, you know, if if one of those guys want to fight and they want me to corner them, I, it's tough for me to say no. So we had a great time. We love those Barstool guys. We've all been stoolies for years now. So just to go do that and experience that to meet Prez and big cat and all those guys, it was super fun. It was definitely a freak show in terms of like watching the people fight. I don't think anyone really, I think we were the only guys that actually like hit mitts before and warmed up. So it was, it was cool. And uh, we met a bunch of the fighters there too, that they still hit me up on Instagram. So it's pretty cool. So shout out to uh, all the rough and rowdy rowdy guys.
0: I did hear uh, Matt's brother's wife. Wasn't too happy with you guys that you uh, brought him out to do that.
3: You know, uh, yeah, she wasn't too happy that he was doing it. I think she, you know, she's like a, she's like a, a brain doctor. So she's, you know, she's not too pumped up about us fighting or with him fighting and all that, but he didn't take any damage. So, and we had a great bachelor party, so it all worked out in the end. He, he was the, you know, he was the champion. Matt had a great bachelor party. We all had a great time, so it worked out. It was okay.
0: All right. Well, Billy, I appreciate the time
3: as always. Thanks for doing this. Ah, no problem, man. Have a good one, man.
0: Yeah. All right, we're joined by UFC bandwidth Miles Johns, who's back in action July 17th. Miles, how's it going?
4: Going well, man. Just uh, hanging out on my patio, catching some sun and fresh air and, you know, chilling.
0: That's some nice Texas weather, it looks like.
4: Yeah, at least these past two days, man. Before, it's like you couldn't even step outside without sweating, but now at least we're getting some uh, coolness in the evening, so.
0: You're obviously coming back in July. Are like timing wise, I thought this is a lot later than what you're probably looking for. Like, or was this the right time frame for you?
4: It was a little bit later. Um, then I guess, well, I mean, it was, a, I've had a break in between some of my fights, but for me, it worked out because, um, my third son was born. He's now six months old. And so for a little bit there, it was just getting pretty chaotic at home and stuff. I was still training really hard, but, um, I feel like now he's starting to be able to, be not really on his own but he's more manageable now and my wife can handle all three of them at the same time so it was like the perfect time to start a hard fight camp because I'm gone a lot more during that time you know and uh happy wife is a happy life so I try to make sure things at home are okay and secure while I'm gone doing fight camp stuff.
0: Anderson Dos Santos like was this just who the UFC offered you?
4: Yeah it was just who it's just who they offered me um, I think it's a really good fight though i think it's a really exciting fight you know fan favorite fight so um so yeah i'm excited about it
0: yeah even though he only has three ufc fights like he has a ton of experience like he fought uh Said on the regional scene like he was the first person to beat ricky simone and titan to win the belt like uh, although he doesn't have a lot of ufc fights like he's been around for a while and fought a lot of high level guys
4: right uh yeah he does he has a lot of experience so um i mean that doesn't really mean too much to me um, it just kind of tells me that he's been in the game for a long time and he's got hit a lot of times. So um, we'll see how his chin is still holding up.
0: Uh, your last fight like obviously there's a ton of pressure on you coming off your first career loss. Like with that knockout like have you gotten a lot more fans and followers? That was kind of a viral clip that went around.
4: Yeah I've got yeah I have gone some. You know, After my first loss I actually um, lost my Instagram. It got hacked um, crazily and then I lost my cars. yeah i got i got hit from behind and it was totaled and stuff so i was kind of just like losing everything at once so i'm still growing my instagram now like in uh you know my social media and that but it definitely uh blew up a little bit after that um last win i needed that to get back going with that so
0: with this fight against anderson like who are the main guys you're working with because he's a really good grappler with some kind of underrated striking
4: Right, yeah, I mean, just all the same guys I've worked with at Fortis. Uh, Fernie Garcia has actually been a really big, um, yeah. good partner for me um, this camp. And then um, I was working with Damon for a while and um, um, uh, Saad wad actually, um, in Bellator. He just fought in Bellator. He's, uh, he's a 155er, but he's been a really good partner for me. You know, he really just pushes the pace and just uh, he's another guy with a ton of experience and just knows how to be the perfect partner. Um, so yeah, and then of course, my younger brother Elijah and uh, just, uh, just our whole crew, you know, whatever, whether it's a striker, a grappler, wh- whoever we're fighting, we have somebody that uh, can imitate that to the best of their ability. So,
0: do you think Anderson's even gonna want to strike with you for a little bit, or do you think right when the fight starts, he's probably gonna shoot?
4: I think he's gonna come in and throw some of those uh, wild overhand rights he throws, and then he's gonna be looking for the shot. Um, I think he's going to try to put – I think he's going to try to fill it out a little bit and then start trying to put some pressure on me. But um, I like that. I love playing that game. You know, when you come in, I like to be there when you're not expecting it, you know, and like uh, kind of meet you meet before before you get your shot off or right as you get it off. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to wrestle a lot and try to put pressure on me.
0: That first takedown attempt, like how big do you think that's going to be? Because if you stuff it, I think that's going to kind of lower his confidence that, oh, and now he's actually got to start standing with you.
4: It could a little bit, but um, Martin Day stuffed his first one pretty uh, pretty well. You know, he just came right into it and kind of sat him on his butt on that first takedown and stuff, and then he just kept going for it. You know, I think um, I think he's a tough Brazilian. You know, I, I don't think he has much quit in him. I think I could probably deflect 10, 10 takedowns in the first two rounds, and he'll still be trying to do takedowns in the third. Um, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna plan on him to um, kind of relent with that, but for me, it's just, um, I grew up wrestling. You know, I've been wrestling my entire life. So if you're in there trying to dive for takedowns and stuff, that's perfect. That's just, uh, sounds like a fun night for me.
0: Do you think because of your last fight and the knockout you got, that people are going to start overlooking your grappling and they're just going to keep looking at that club and be like, oh, Miles is this striker and, and you just got to take him down?
4: I do. You know, I, I do. And that's uh, kind of been the plan um, for a while, you know, where I was really just trying to, I, I enjoy striking. Honestly, I enjoy striking more than wrestling now, you know. Um, I just really fell in love with it. Um, But I've been, like, kind of holding off on much of my wrestling and my fights just because I wanted to have it in my back pocket always, and I wanted um, it to kind of be as a surprise to a lot of people. So I think they'll see a little bit of it more this fight. But then again, it might just be me deflecting his takedowns and um, trying to piece him up, and then people will still think, oh, we got to wrestle with him, and I still won't even need to pull out A lot of my offensive wrestling but we'll see we'll see what happens you know it's um i think he's i think he's well-rounded as well you know he's had a ton of experience so that's gonna that's gonna play into that just being well-rounded and uh able to fight anywhere but i feel the same way so uh we'll just see wherever the
0: fight goes how do you see yourself getting the job done because Anderson's like it was kinda of weird, like all his regional fights where he got where he lost it was all by stoppage. Then he gets into the UFC and like he's taking big shots by like Andre Ull and Nod Nermani and, and and like his chin was much better than what it was a couple of years on the regional scene where he was getting finished quite often.
4: Yeah, you know, I think he just kinda um tapped into that, uh, this is everything. Once you hit the UFC, you know, you kinda get that extra little boost and I know he's a real seems like a spiritual guy. I mean, in Brazil, they put everything into it. They're fighting for their lives, you know? So I, I understand that, but I see it, Um, I see it ending in a lot of ways, you know? <laughs> I see, Um, I see me using speed and catching him when he's trying to land those big shots. I see him diving for some uh, crazy takedowns and kind of catching an uppercut when he's coming in. Um, I see myself hurting him and then he's doing sloppy shots and finding a guillotine too, because I have guillotine wins over um strong wrestlers um so um i visualize a lot i've been in my house uh, visualizing late at night and i can just uh, see it playing out a lot of different ways but each way is with me getting my hand raised and uh, i see a finish coming
0: yeah i actually thought like the clear to me like i think this fight ends just because the way anderson shoots like his neck is exposed a lot like i wouldn't be surprised if you can hop onto a guillotine and choke him out that way
4: yeah, that would be that would be awesome, and I mean, I know he's a black belt, but if you stick your neck out there, anybody can get choked, you know. So, um, so yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. I see that happening.
0: Well, what do you think a win over Anderson does for you and puts you in the division? Because bantamweight is so stacked. Like, eh, you need like couple wins in a row. You need like sniff that top fifteen.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's it's so stacked. I, I think it just keeps me rolling. You know, um, I'm not really too focused on like exactly where it puts me. You know, there's um, lots of guys out there who would be options to fight after this fight. Um, And I'm I'm just focused on winning this next one, you know, finally getting a two-fight win streak um, under my belt in the UFC and stuff. And we'll just see. I think think win this one and then win one more good fight, and I could be just right there in that top 15 area, you know, kind of seeing how things play out.
0: Do you, like, do you – are you someone that likes to call someone out? Like, I know you've done it before. I know sometimes it's just whoever the UFC offers, but – a big one here, like me. Like, are you thinking of already maybe calling your shot, or is it whoever the UFC offers you?
4: Um, I'm thinking about it, and I'll have to discuss that with my coach. <laughs> yeah. No, I would. Uh, I would call people out a lot, but um, my coach is just kind of like the just do your job and um, trust me and trust the process and stuff, and it's worked out for us. You know, it's worked out really well. So, um, I'll just see whatever he says. I'll uh, throw a couple names at him and see. See what he thinks, what we should do with that and I uh, go from there.
0: The the smaller octagon at the Apex, do you think that's gonna play any factor in the fight?
4: It's gonna have a little bit of a factor. Um I fought my last uh I fought twice in there though, because uh the contender series and then my last fight was in there and um Kevin was a pressure guy, you know, so I was uh training that a lot, just being in that small octagon and be able to move and circle and stuff in that octagon. So I think I think it's gonna have an effect, but um but not too much, you know i'm i I've already planned on him coming forward and putting pressure on and stuff like that, so um it just means i'll I'll get to him quicker as well so
0: everything goes your way July seventeenth like are you hoping for a quick turnaround or are you gonna take some time off to be with the family?
4: I would like a quick turnaround um I prefer you know at least like i mean at least two months or two months and then find yeah. out a four week notice fight or something so like th- like three months in between two three months um But I would do a quicker turnaround as well, you know, just kind of all just uh, we'll just see how it plays out. You know, I'm uh, I'm game for whatever. And as long as um, my body's healthy and stuff, then I'm always ready to step in there.
0: Uh, Are you a bit disappointed it's just a fight night card and you're not on one of those pay-per-views in front of the fans?
4: I mean, uh, a little bit. But at the same time, I look at it, especially since Max isn't fighting now, is uh, a star has to be born that night, you know. And so that's all I'm thinking. That's what I've been telling people, like a star will be born that night. And I think um, my first, uh, my last win, first knockout, um, got a little bit of my momentum back going. And if I come out there and have a great performance this fight, I think a star will be born and we'll be be rocking and rolling after that.
0: Uh, Just the last thing I want to touch on is your brother. He hasn't fought since the loss. I actually thought he won that fight. Like what kind of went through his head after that one?
4: Um, it, It was a lot, you know. Um, he was first ready to just get right back in there. He wanted to, he wanted to get that fight back. Um, that guy missed weight and, um, you know, and then it was a split decision. So it's kind of like, man, like, uh, those, those get a little bit iffy, you know? Um, but then he just had to just kind of sit in it, you know, that's kind of our thing. Like, uh, when, when you lose, you just got to sit in those emotions. You know, I think people want to jump right back in because they want to get rid of that feeling of being in a jail cell. Like you're just trapped in this and can't get it off your mind and can't like find any peace. But I think it's good to sit in that and live in those emotions and feel all the feelings and not try to just use something to, to uh, make them go away. So he's grown a lot from it. Um, I know he's still sitting it. I know he still feels like he's in a jail cell. But um, but his his time will come. You know he'll be able to break free and uh, show what he's all about. So, um, so yeah, he's he's doing good.
0: I think the worst part about that decision was if he wins that one, like he would have been right up in there for a short notice UFC caller, like a guaranteed kind of contender series fight now.
4: He would have, but you know, he's only uh 25 now and he's a young 25. He's always been, always been immature. I've always been like, man, you got to grow up. You got to grow up. So really realistically, his body and his mind is like a 23 year old, you know? So he would have been right there for that, but maybe he wasn't ready, you know, one more year, um, one more year and try to get on the contender series next summer or something. I think that'd be perfect timing for him. You know, he doesn't have uh, he doesn't have any kids, anything like that. There's uh there's no rush. As long as he continues working, I make sure he knows just because I say you're young, you got to continue working all, all the time. But as long as he continues working, I think next year hitting the contender series will be perfect timing for him.
0: Do you still let him know that the older brother can beat up the younger one though?
4: I mean, I don't have to let him know anymore. <laughs> he just already knows. I, le- I let him know by display and practice. No, no, we go. We get back and forth. He's freaking strong as heck. It's on my nerves, but
0: (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, Miles, I appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this.
4: Absolutely, man. Thank you.